to you by the Las Cruces Sun News. This is Straight Shooter. What is going on, everybody? This is Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jade Sports Dude. And if you are listening right now, let me just say thank you for tuning in to Straight Shooter, the podcast where I shoot from the hip and give you everything that you need to know about the New Mexico State men's basketball team. This is episode 12 of our season-long journey. So if you're a returning listener, then welcome back. I missed you. And if you're new to the program, well, then welcome to the family. Where have you been all my life? Guys, we have a lot to talk about today, so sit back and relax because I got... You, I'm coming to you from a place I like to call the saloon. So, bartender, what do we have on tap for today? On tap today is a recap of the Cal Baptist series, week six whack predictions, and a preview of the Seattle series. Alrighty, thank you, bartender. I have my lasso in hand, and it's time for our post-game roundup. The segment where I round up my thoughts on the most recent New Mexico State game. And in this case, the Aggies split their series against Cal Baptist this past Friday and Saturday in El Paso, losing game one by a score of 85 to 75, and then winning game two by a score of 97 to 70. Now Saturday's win marks New Mexico State's first victory of the season over a division one opponent, and now I have my takeaways from the weekend. So my first takeaway is that Evan Gilliard II is much more than just a scorer. We all know that the Chicago native was the leading scorer for UTEP before transferring to New Mexico State two seasons ago, but he really has rounded out his game since then, and this weekend was a prime example. Gilliard led the way for the Aggies on the defensive side of the ball, recording three steals in that Game 2 win, and even on the offensive end, he recorded seven total assists over the weekend compared to his two turnovers. He was an energy guy on defense and a poised facilitator on offense, and that deserves to be recognized, so Evan is actually going to be our latest Sun News Spotlight player. It's a weekly written series on lcsunnews.com where I highlight someone on the team every Wednesday and break down his film to show how he impacts the game. If you're listening to this and it's already on the site, so make sure to go check that out. And it is a subscriber-only article, meaning you have to be subscribed to the Sun News in order to check it out. It's part of our premium New Mexico State coverage, so if you want to subscribe, it's only $3 for the first three months. Talk about a steal, but that's enough plugging for today. Let's move on to my second takeaway, and it's the New Mexico State needs guys to step up at the five spot. That really was crystal clear in game one when Cal Baptist just dominated down low, thanks in part to Gorjak Gak. The 6'11 center recorded 18 points on 8 for 10 shooting, and it just looked like New Mexico State didn't have an answer for him all night. Johnny McCants was severely undersized at 6'7, and that left William McNair, the 6'10 backup, is the only guy who really matched up well in terms of height, but even he at times has struggled with matching his opponent's physicality, and as a result, Cal Baptist recorded 44 points in the paint compared to New Mexico State's 34 on Friday, and that really was the difference maker. That game showed that if the Aggies are going to roll with a smaller lineup and have McCants can't at the five. The retro senior has to be more aggressive to make up for that lack of size and other players such as McNair and Mayan Kerr have to contribute as well. It has to be a group effort for the Aggies. Now speaking of Kerr, he did suit up this past weekend after missing the Grand Canyon series with the bruised tailbone, but he only played three minutes in garbage time on Saturday and it appears as if that was a coach's decision rather than something related to his injury. Dan's talked about Kerr in his weekly press conference on Monday and this is what he had to say. Bartender, change the channel real quick. You got it, boss. In terms of Mayan, um, that's a whole nother story um, that I don't care to get into the details of it, but um, he just got to string good days together. He's got to um, do the right things every day. He's got to be coachable every day. He's got to uh, be on time every day. He's got to do all the things that every program in America demands of their their kids, their student athletes. And, um, you know, he's, and he's had some setbacks that, 
you know, he gets out of shape quick. And um, so, you know, he's in, in, in a position where he's fighting for minutes. You know, there's Johnny's down there, Donnie's down there, Will's down there, Wilfred Lakai's down there, you know, guys that are uh, pretty good players and uh, have, have shown the ability to influence the game in the right way. And so he's got to figure out how he can get um, in, into the game when, when the, uh, the, the score is, you know, close. All right, so there you have it, folks. It seems as if Jans isn't happy with Kerr off the court, and that's why we haven't seen the South Florida transfer get a whole lot of PT as of late. Hopefully, Kerr can gain Jans' trust more very soon because, like I said, New Mexico State needs guys to step up at that five spot, especially when you look at the biggest threats to the WAC title. Grand Canyon has seven foot center Abjorn Midgard, Utah Valley has six foot 11 center Fardaz Amok. Cal Baptist has Gak, and even UTRGV has 6'11 center Jeff Ochiri, although he has been struggling to stay healthy. But either way, my point is that all of the top teams in the conference have imposing big men, and you better believe they're going to try to exploit that mismatch against New Mexico State if guys don't step up. Now that actually transitions perfectly to my takeaway of the day, and it's that it all comes down to effort for the Aggies. We talked about how New Mexico State just got bullied by Cal Baptist in Game 1, but that changed in Game 2. The Aggies actually won the points in the paint battle on Saturday in dominant fashion. 50 to 22, and they forced 18 turnovers compared to the eight that they surrendered. New Mexico State was the aggressor from the opening tip, and that's really what separated them en route to the win. Jans even called his guys out after Friday's loss, saying that not everybody gave their best effort, and he even named McCants as one of those players. But to McCants' credit, he really stepped up on Saturday. He handled the matchup against Gak much better, and McNair also did a terrific job off the bench. The redshirt sophomore showed that fight that really everybody has been waiting to see out of him, recording a career high of 12 points and getting a number of stops on defense. Now look, Russ can no longer be an excuse for New Mexico State. Saturday's game proved that they're very much capable of winning games. It all comes down to effort now for the Aggies as they try to climb the WAC standings, so we'll see where they go from here. Alrighty folks, that buzzer means it's time for segment number two, which are my week six WAC predictions. Last week I went 4-0 on my picks. I had New Mexico State and Cal Baptist getting their series split, followed by Seattle and Dixie State also splitting their pair of games against each other. And both of those predictions turned out to be true. I did also have Grand Canyon splitting its series against UTRGV, but those games got called off due to COVID-19 protocols within the Lopes' camp. So that puts me at 17-4 and on the season. I'll take it. And now it's time to take a look at this week's matchups, of which there are only two because the series between UTRGV and Cal Baptist has been called off due to the passing of Vaquero's head coach, Lou Hill, who passed away in his sleep on Sunday at the age of 55. It really was a complete shock to everyone in the sports community, and my thoughts and prayers are certainly going out to not just his family, but to his UTRGV family as well. So the Vaqueros won't be lacing it up this week, and that means our only non-New Mexico State series to preview is Dixie State at Utah Valley. The Trailblazers are 6-9 and nine on the season, 2-6 and six in whack play, plus they're fresh off a split against Seattle. And even though Riley Grigsby didn't play for the Red Hawks in either of those games, what was really impressive in that win for Dixie State was that it was a game where Cameron Gooden and Hunter Schofield only combined for 17 points. If you had told me that before the game, I would have said, I don't care who's suiting up for Seattle, give me the Red Hawks. But the guy who really stepped up was Jared Green, a 6'9 senior who recorded the team high 16 points on 5 for 8 shooting from the floor. The Trailblazers are still looking for that third consistent scoring option to emerge and while I think that guy is Frank Stain at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt when other players in that supporting cast step up and contribute. Then there's Utah Valley. The Wolverines are 
are six and seven on the season, four and one in whack play, and they didn't play this past weekend because that's when they were supposed to face Chicago State. They took to the court two weeks ago and surprisingly split with Tarleton State. And what was even more surprising was that Fardaw's Amok didn't dominate down low nearly as much as I thought he would. He still got his rebounds, but the six foot eleven big man only averaged ten points per game in the pair of outings after entering the series averaging sixteen point eight points per contest. And keep in mind he was matched up against Jonathan Jackson, who's only six foot six. So props to Jackson for standing his ground, but Utah Valley definitely needs more offensive production from AMAC moving forward. Now the deciding factor for this weekend series is going to be Dixie State's ability to get to the free throw line. The Trailblazers are last in the whack in points per game at 70.1. They just don't have an efficient offense, but one thing they do excel at is getting to the charity stripe. 21.3% of their points come from there, which is the 51st highest percentage in the country. Meanwhile, 22.5% of points scored against Utah Valley come from the free throw line. That's the 34th highest percentage in the nation. The Wolverines struggle with playing clean defense, and Dixie State's best bet is to look for contact and get to the line for freebies. We'll see if they can do that, but I still have Utah Valley getting the sweep this weekend. So that is going to do it for our look around this week's WAC matchups. I know it is a short segment, but we do still have one more series on the docket, which is New Mexico State at Seattle. I'm going to preview that in segment number three. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Alrighty, folks, that buzzer means it's time for our third and final segment of the day, which is a preview of New Mexico State's two-game road series against Seattle. It is our series of the week, so let's go ahead and get this started. The Aggies are 4-4 four four on the season, 1-3 in whack play, and they split their series against Cal Baptist this past weekend in El Paso to earn their first Division I victory of the campaign. Now, Jabari Rice led the way in both contests. He averaged 18.5 points and 4.5 rebounds per game over the weekend, and that's despite playing at 70% strength according to him due to a left heel injury that he suffered in game one. Donnie Tillman played as well. The redshirt senior returned to the starting lineup after coming off the bench during the Grand Canyon series and he averaged 13 and a half points five rebounds, and one and a half steals per game against the Lancers. It's definitely good to see him back in that first unit because he is one of the most impactful players for New Mexico State. And then there's Seattle. The Redhawks are 8-7 on the season, 1-2 in whack play, and they recently split their series against Dixie State. Now the big question around the team is where is Riley Grigsby? The Redhawks leader was in sweats in that series against the Trailblazers for an unknown reason, and nobody seems to know if he's going to play or not this weekend. Grigsby is a 6'6 junior who's averaging 18.7 points and five rebounds per game so he's a key piece to the puzzle for Seattle without a doubt and if he doesn't suit up the top scoring option will undoubtedly be Darion Trammell. The 5'10 sophomore averaged 30 points per game against Dixie State last weekend and he also got help from Aaron Nettles. He's a guy I said to look out for in the last episode and he averaged 18 points on 50% shooting from the floor against the Trailblazers. So Seattle still has options but there's no doubt that not having Grigsby will hurt their chances this weekend. So now it's time for my key to success, and it's for New Mexico State to bring that same defensive intensity that it did in Game 2 against Cal Baptist. The Aggies forced 18 turnovers in that one, which they converted into 23 points, but it's going to be hard to match that this weekend because Seattle takes really good care of the basketball. The Redhawks only turned the ball over on 16.2% of their possessions, which ranks 39th in the country. So we'll see if New Mexico State can crack them and get some easy points in transition. That's really what drove the Aggies in their win over the Lancers, and they'll be in great shape if they can even come close to that level of success against Seattle. So that's a preview of the matchup, but now it's time for my prediction. So can I get a drum roll, please? 
So for this one, I've got New Mexico State winning game one by a score of 70 to 66 and then winning game two by a score of 73 to 64. We're still not sure how available Grigsby will be this weekend, if at all. And I believe the Aggies have finally begun to turn things around. So give me the sweep in Seattle. But that is going to do it for episode 12 of Straight Shooter. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, share it with the rest of Aggie Nation, and consider subscribing or following, depending on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If you guys want to stay up to date with all things Aggie Hoops, make sure to follow me on Twitter at JadaSportsDude and subscribe to the Las Cruces Sun News. This has been Justin Martinez, a.k.a. JadaSportsDude. I'll see you guys next Wednesday. I'm out.